Somebody said no. <laughs> I could be singing something else. I'd rather sing about that. Amen. <laughs> Let's sing about his glory. We need to see that. Amen. Thank you. That was a wonderful selection. Thank you so much, brother. Well, are you ready for the word of the Lord today? Amen. Well, come on, stand to your feet. And while you're standing, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter number five. We're going to begin reading in verses 27 through 30. Matthew chapter number five. And we'll begin reading in verses 27 through 30. You get there, say amen. 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 You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Pray with me. Father, thank you this morning for the power of your word. Father, as I minister this morning, God, I pray that you would anoint me for the moment. I pray, God, that there would be a release uh, God of freedom, a release, Father, of power to overcome everything that is uh, of the enemy. I pray, God, that you would give us strength, Lord God, uh, uh, to uh, endure, Father, and that we would hear this word. It would get down into our hearts, and God, that it will truly bring forth good fruit. Father, we magnify you today, and I count it a privilege to be called with the children of God today. So bless our time together, Lord. And anoint me as your voice this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. The church said, amen. 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 You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Uh, right before I go into the word of the Lord this morning, I want to uh, remind you uh, that uh, right outside of our table, for those of you who are curious to know about our 120 plan, we do have a flyer out at the table. So make sure to pick one of those up and ask, to, uh, ask a couple of questions to those who are at the connections table, and they will give you some answers and they will give you some, um, uh, some information about that. Uh, and next week, we hope to have some CDs available uh, so that uh, you can listen to the CD as the CD will explain the plan in detail that I preached a few weeks ago. Amen. Well, we are in the second installment of our series. This is the Love Mother. Everybody say love. Valentine's Day. I happen to have two birthdays in Valentine's and in a month of Valentine in my family. I have my uh, Jeremiah, who is uh, my 12-year-old. He was born on January the 14th. I'm sorry, February the 14th. Everybody know what February the 14th is, right? Valentine's Day. Who's our Valentine's Day baby? And then, of course, my oldest daughter over here to my left and to your right, uh, she turned 50. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she had a birthday uh, on the 7th of February. So, uh, so this is a very, very busy month. And then, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, I get to uh, to love on my wife just a little bit. Amen. And, and, amen. You know, pastor can know how to love on his wife. Amen. Amen. And I ain't ashamed to say that. We can say that in church, can't we? 
So we're talking about, we're in the second part of our series called Undressed. Everybody say Undressed. And we've been talking about sex God's way. So we're going to take this month and kind of talk about sex and relationships. And we're going to talk about it from the perspective of God's word. Amen. And so last week we dealt with the subject of sexual immorality, the pitfalls, the downfalls of it. We talked about what it is. And if you didn't get that message last week, you want to go online, www.foundation-ministry.org. Download it, listen to it, get it into your spirit, amen? Uh, because we gave some truths that I think that are helped to keep us free so that we can understand what does God's word say about sex. And we said before last week, and I want to echo it again today, God has a whole lot to say about sex. And how many know that if we do things God's way, then things generally work out, amen? How many know if you got a Mercedes, you don't want to put uh, water in the gas tank, amen? Because it ain't designed for that. How many know what I'm talking about? See, you, if, see you, we, we have to understand that God has a way, he has a protocol in which he says that these things ought to work. And so when we do things God's way, we can expect blessing. And so this issue of sexual purity, that's what I want to talk about today, uh, sexual purity. How to, how to get there. Now, let me, let me preface it with this, and, and because I do understand this. Because some of us, if we're really honest about it, we feel like we're fighting an uphill battle, amen? Uh, you know, because all of the culture is contrary to everything that God's word says about this issue of sex. Everything in society, everything, the way society moves, the ideals of society, they are, they are contrary, if you will, to what God thinks. And so understanding that as a Christian, everybody say Christian, it is absolutely critical and important that you and I stay free in the area of sex. What I mean by that is that we don't get caught up in the sexual sin. That we understand that, that, that when we follow the, the protocols of God, that when we take to heart what God's word says about it, and then we begin to walk it out, how many know we're going to make a difference? You see, the church, in some ways, we've lost credibility in the area of, of, of sexual purity. And what I, what, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Because the church is supposed to be the, the standard, right? We're the standard bearers. We're the ones that are supposed to show people this is how God says it. And how many know that, that, that there's just as much sexual immorality, unfortunately, in the church as it is in the world? And don't, don't take my word for it. Go do some research. It'll bear it all out. You don't get, just look it up yourself. And so... So it's critical that you and I, that we walk out the truth, not just say it. Everybody say, walk it. That we become a people that says, you know what? I am going to be that Christian that's going to, that, that I want you to look at my life. How many know when you lose credibility, you really can't speak to an issue? When you lose credibility. And so, so as the church, we got to make sure that we don't lose our moral authority to be able to speak to something that is not right. And so we're going to kind of dig into this thing because understanding that sexual purity is more than just uh, trying to take care of the act or, stop, or, or, or trying to stop the act itself. Think about sexual purity. It goes much deeper than that. Sexual purity starts in the heart. Everybody say heart. The heart. The heart is 
Extremely important. How many know that you can never get really free until your heart gets free? You understand that? You and I can never, until we learn how to adopt the principles of God and God's way of thinking about sex, we, listen, we have to first understand that, that this thing generates from our hearts. And if our heart, you can try to do, how many know that you can try to do all the right things all you want to, but at, you know, as, after some time will pass, your heart, wherever your heart is, you're going to follow. See? It's in your heart. And so when we talk about sexual purity, we want to change the whole way that we even think about sex. Not so much of the emphasis of the world, oh, I'm just going to try not to, to do the thing. That's good. I will say try not to do it. Amen. Everybody say try not to do it. No, everybody say don't do it. <laughs> That's a little bit better. Don't do it. But how many of you want to not only uh, be free, but stay free? That we want to walk in the power and in the grace that God has given us regarding sex. As you know, that many giants of the faith have been uh, sidelined because of areas of sexual immorality. Every time I hear a preacher or somebody who is great in the faith that has failed, let me know it is the most damaging thing. Nothing is more damaging than a man or woman of God who stands as a voice of God who don't follow through with what they say. How many know that we need to advertise what we are? Y'all hear what I'm saying? In other words, we don't need to just talk about it. We need to be it. We need to be. We need to not. When somebody see our lives, they need to be able to say, that's really who we are. That's not an act. That's not a fake. I am who I am when the doors are closed and the lights are off. And I'm the same when you see me out in public. Come on, somebody. Say amen to that. So we need to avoid hypocrisy. We need to be people that are changed. How many know that, that, that God knows the heart? God says that he does not see man as we see man, but God looks on our what? Heart. And so watch this. So if our heart gets right, everything else will fall right into line. Because you will discover today as we go through the word of God this morning that the reason why that there are problems with, the, with, with people who are of, of faith in this area is because we spend a lot of time putting heavy emphasis on don't do, but we never address the root of the problem. Uh, let me help you a little bit more with that. You see, when Jesus came, Jesus, you know, the Old Testament was all about dealing with the what? The act. Don't do this, right? Don't touch. Don't do this. And so the Pharisees, when Jesus came, they would start promoting, you know, you know, and talking about, you know, all the external things that they were doing. But, but when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus didn't just talk about the act itself. Jesus went way beyond the act. Jesus went to the root of the problem. Everybody say root. See, until we deal with the root of the problem, there will be no change. We can continue to, we can play, we can put on the facade, we can act like, yeah, I'm this, I'm that, and we can try to come up with the 10, 12 steps, but until there's a hard change, come on somebody, there will be no real, authentic change. And so we got to be people that understand that our hearts is key to sexual purity in a very, very dark world. How many know the world is dark? And, 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 it is, and, it, and if we're going to be free, we have to deal with this issue of our heart. Now, what is the heart? So when we talk about the heart, the heart is the inner life. Everybody say inner life. It is the mind and motives. It's our thoughts, okay? 
That's our heart. It's, it's, it's really who we are. See, the mind or the heart is the fountain from which actions spring. All right? The fountain. So your heart is, the Bible says, as a man, as a man is in his heart. What, what's the scripture? As a man thinketh in his heart. Thank you very much. So is he. Right? So not necessarily what you do. Not the image that I'm projecting to somebody, because how many know the Christians, we're really, really good at projecting images. I believe people don't get free because Christians spend a lot of time not being honest. Too much time. We project, it's not about what we're projecting, it's about who we really are. It's about, it's about who, who, who are you really? Who am I? Am I the person that you see? Am I the person that you think you see? Or do I got a whole nother lifestyle on the backside that has never changed? Let me tell you something. Until you deal with that, you will never change. Change comes from where? Within. What Jesus is more concerned about is what? What's in here? Here's a verse. I want to read this verse for you. Matthew, you don't have to, you can just write it down because you, you know I go to the word. Everybody say, Pastor preaches the word. Yeah. So Matthew 15, verses 7 and 8, you can write it down. Jesus talking to the Pharisees. He says, you hypocrites. He was talking to the Pharisees. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is what? Far from me. How many know that it's possible that you can come to church and your heart be far away from God. Uh, let me help you. It's possible to put on the act of worship but not really be worshiping. It's possible to clap your hands, watch this, and do the dance and shed a couple of tears, but your heart not be engaged. What God is looking at is what? Where's your heart? He said, these people honor me with their lip. In other words, they talk a great game, but here's what he said. He said this. He says, but their heart is far from me. What is God after? Your heart. He says in Jeremiah, he says, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new heart. That, that's the only way that you're going to change is you got to get a heart transplant. Everybody say a heart transplant. A dear friend of mine who told me just recently, a pastor friend of mine, matter of fact, he's stepping down from ministry because of the threat of a heart transplant. But how me know that as a Christian, that when you come into the kingdom, one of the first things God do is he rid you of that old heart. But you got to let him do it. Some of us, we're fighting the operation. Ah, let me alone. But how me know until you get this new heart, until you allow the Holy Spirit, you can't do this yourself. I'm going to give you some practical. We're going to help you. We ain't going to leave you there. We're going to bring you. We're going to bring you along. But you have to allow the Holy Spirit to change your heart, not just your action. Listen, if you've been praying about action, 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 and there's been no real, in, uh, no real uh, dealing with the inside of your, the soul of a person, then how me know that your struggle is probably one that, 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 that is getting the better of you? He's, Jesus said this in Matthew 23, 27 through 28. Watch this. He says, now woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He calls them again, hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful. Come on, somebody. How me know that we need to be real? He says, look, on the outside you appear beautiful, but on the inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men. See, my goal, watch this, my goal is not to try to please you. 
See, you're not my God. See, the problem is, you see, see how many know that, that God is with you when you lay down? He's with you when you sleep. He's with you when you rise. He's with you when you play. He's with you every place. I'm not. So how many know you don't have to, I'm not, I'm not that. But how many know that, 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 that it's not about trying to please men. It's about I want God to be pleased with my life. And how many know that demands that every aspect of our life, we got to bring it under subjection of the Holy Spirit. We got to bring it under the subjection of God. Now listen, how many know we're going to get free? So everybody say free. The information I'm giving you today will help you to live a life of happiness. How many know God wants you to be happy? Amen. How many know God wants you to be full of joy? See, 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 here's the thing. But a lot of times, how many know that in order to get free, we got to take some nasty medicine? And some of you, I can see somebody, I don't want to take it. You got to take it. You know why? Because it's going to help you. Amen. It's going to help you. It's going to help us. He says, you appear righteous in men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. In other words, Jesus, again, he's going to, here's the problem. The problem is with the heart. The reason why you're struggling with this sin, the problem is with the heart. See, those corners that a lot of times that we don't want to give over or the places that nobody else can see but God. Everybody say, but God. Matthew 5, 8. I want you to turn there. I want you to lay your eyes on that verse. Can I just kind of just talk to you this morning? I want to talk to you as a pastor, as a friend, kind of like as a, as a, as a, in, in a parenthetical way, because I really want our church, this is a season of breakthrough for our church. And how many know that, that this means that we got to get ourselves in position? That means our personal lives. Amen. That we got to get everything right. We got, what God is about to do, we got to move with him and we got to see him uh, see to it that we are faithful to do our part. Matthew chapter 5, 8. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Some of you are there on the screen, but that's okay as long as you're there. That'll work. Y'all know I know that, right? Just because I ain't looking at it. I know y'all there. All right. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, I want you to hear that. Listen to that. Talking about purity of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Listen to that. Because you can read right over it. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hear that. So when it comes to, watch this, if our heart is full of sexual immorality, if our heart is full of adultery, or if our heart is full of fornication, how many know that darkness debilitates your ability to be able, watch this, to see God? Amen. You follow me? How many need God to direct you every day? Amen. See, this is practical stuff. I need to hear from God. Watch this. I want you to understand this. He said, the pure in heart, they will hear me. He said, they're going to see me. So watch this. If my heart is full of darkness, listen to me, it hinders my ability to be able to hear the voice of God, to be able to discern the voice of God so that I can know how to make decisions every day. See? So God looks at a pure heart. The Bible said that, 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 that God's eyes are on the ways of man, and he ponders all of his doings. So understand that. And so he says, blessed are the pure in heart. The pure in heart are those whose motives are unmixed. Whose thoughts are holy. Everybody say holy. holy. Y'all know what holy is, right? 
whose conscience is what? Clean. See, a pure heart doesn't, it doesn't mean a person who's perfect. Doesn't mean a person who's done everything right all the time. What it simply means that this is a person whose heart is pure before God, that they do their best to live their, they live their lives in such a way that they honor God with the way that they think and what they see and what they allow into their souls. Now, let me, y'all, remember the sin of, y'all remember the story of David, right, in Bathsheba. Everybody remember that story? David, the Bible says, I believe you can find that story in 2 Samuel chapter 12. We can't turn there because we don't have time. But in 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, David was supposed to have been out to battles because that was the season where kings would go out to fight. David decided to stay home. How do you know that being where you're supposed to be would keep you from sin a lot of times? You, you know what I'm saying, right? You know, you, <laughs> some of you just got to watch where you go. David, on the rooftop, he sees this woman lust after Bathsheba, right? And he's king. So when I'm king, I get what I want. So he's summoned for her. Bathsheba comes. He have sexual relation with Bathsheba. A little while later, Bathsheba sends a telegram. I'm pregnant. And David goes through this whole thing of trying to cover all this adultery up. He even, he even had Uriah the Hittite, which was her husband, killed so that he could be with Bathsheba. And, and, and David would have got away with it. But the Bible says, but the thing that David did displeased the Lord. And the Bible, and the part of David's judgment was that the sword would never leave his house. David's children and family was a wreck because of what he did. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me take you to this place now. So, the Bible says that David, even God said this, that David is a man after my own heart. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus will reign over the throne of David. So, there seems to be a contradiction. I mean, God, I mean, David blew it. David blew it, God. How can you say that David was truly a man after your heart? Look at Psalm 51. Go there. I wasn't going to turn there, but I think I need to have you put eyes on that. Look at Psalm 51, if you will. Run there really, really quick. And look at verse number 3. This psalm, Psalm 51, is a psalm that deals with, watch this, this is David's confession after he got caught with Bathsheba. Now, I want you to see that David gives us some insight. Watch this. David gives us some insight into why he committed the act with Bathsheba. All right? He's going to give us some insight. Look at verse number three. Are y'all there? In Psalm 51, look at this. David is talking. For I acknowledge my transgression. How many know you got to start there with God? If you're going to have a pure heart, you just can't be trying to hide it. You can't be trying to sugarcoat it. You and I just have to come to a place where we say, you know what? God, I acknowledge this. But David went further. Everybody say, go further. It's more than just saying, no, I did it. Well, we know you did it. But the question is, what are we going to do about it? And he says, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Watch this. Here's what he said. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in whose sight? Your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Now look down here at uh, verse number 10. This is David's confession. He says, create in me what? A clean heart. 
Wow. What does that have to do with the act of adultery that he committed? Watch this now. He says, creating me a clean heart, watch this, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So David made the correlation. David understood that the reason why I committed this act with Bathsheba because my heart was dirty. Because there was a problem with my heart. There was a problem with my thinking. There was a problem with what I was meditating on. It was a problem with what I was thinking about. So he made that connection. And David said, God, and he understood this. If I'm going to get free, God got to clean my heart. Do you hear me? So here's, here, was, here was his prayer. Creating me a clean heart. Because he understood that if his heart won't write, he won't stop. And even if he was able to modify his actions, God still sees the what? The heart. Here's the question. What are we thinking about? What are we meditating on? And what do we allow to play in our heads over and over again when we know it's forbidden of God? Come on. Are we going a little bit deep this morning, aren't we? See, because we got to see, we got to cut to the chase. See, if you're going to get free, sometimes, listen, you just can't sugarcoat it. We got to watch what you allow to come into your heart and come into your spirit. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you feeding your mind with? Watch this, because after a while, you keep watching something long enough, you'll start doing it, or you'll start even adopting the ways of thinking. How many have been, she said, I will never do that. You, I will never do that. But then you start hanging around people doing it, you start doing it, kept doing it, all of a sudden, I'm doing that now. You, you follow what I'm saying? So it's a heart issue. So David made the connection. He says, oh, wait a minute. If I'm going to get free, if I'm not going to do this again, I, I got a guy got to help me. I, I need a heart change. I can't even begin to lust. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Everybody say lust. Hmm. Nice. Jesus said this, and I'm, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. In Matthew 5, and I'm going to go back, but Matthew 5, 27 through 30, go back there real quick. Go back there real quick. Matthew 5. I think that was the verse that we started with, right? That was our foundational text. For those who are listening, look at this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Jesus said this. Watch it. Verse, look at verse 28. But I say to you. First of all, look at verse 27 because we have to do this for context sake. He says, now you have heard that it was said to those of old. It was said by those of old. You shall not commit adultery. All right. You shall don't do it. Don't commit adultery. Everybody know we ain't supposed to commit adultery. But how many know Jesus raised the bar? How many know he raised the bar? Here's what he said. Watch. Jesus says, are you still there? He says, but verse 28, but I say to you, everybody say I. I. This is me, Jesus talking. <laughs> he said, I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his what? How many know this? The bar has been raised. Jesus, it ain't just, so, so for, listen, so if our if I thing is, I'm just going to try to try to do right. But you can't do right until you start thinking right. You can't do right until your heart get renewed. That's where you really get changed. Or is anybody hearing me in this? So Jesus said, if you just look at her and you lust, you have, he, now he, didn't just, he didn't say that you may as well go ahead and commit the act. He didn't say that. Amen? Don't, everybody said don't commit the act. But what he said is that basically you've already done it. 
You've already done it because you already have pictured and imagined a thing in your heart. Now, I'm going to show you in a moment what you do with your thoughts because your thoughts, watch me, help me know that thoughts come knocking all the time, evil thoughts. Some of you probably have some evil thoughts of me right now, but it's all right, just cast it down. (laughs) All right? So Jesus said that if we just lust, he ain't saying nothing about doing it. He said, if you're lusting after it, here's what he says. He said, we've already committed the act. So what was Jesus getting at? Jesus was getting at the problem with adultery is not just trying to stop the act. It is changing your mindset about the act. It is called, re- everybody say repentance. Change your mind, change your heart, will manifest into a change of what? action. Now watch this. Let's go back. Look at Mark chapter 7 verse 14 through 21. We're almost done. Stay with me. Look at Mark chapter 7 verses 14 through 21. You get there, say amen. Amen. Boy, y'all are fast today. This church is off the hook. I'm telling you. Verse 14, when he called, when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear me. Now, how many know whenever Jesus say hear me, he's, he's saying, listen, I want you to listen up, pay attention. Nobody moving. Nobody, the baby's not crying. The people are not moving. Nobody's going to the restroom. Hear me. In other words, I'm about to drop something in your spirit, so I need your full attention. How many know that naturally you need to hear God? But when Jesus said, look, hear me, watch this. Everyone, everybody say everyone. everyone. This ain't for some folk. This ain't for the, well, pastor, I don't have that problem. You need to listen to. Let he who thinks he stands be careful lest he what? Fall. How I many know the devil is always trying to set traps? So you need to hear this even if you're free. If you're free, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. Help somebody else get free. Now, look, Jesus says, now, hear me, everyone, and understand there is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him. See, because the Pharisees, here's the Pharisees' issue. Well, you know what? Jesus, how come your, your Pharisees, they don't wash their hands when they eat? I mean, they eating their food with dirt. I mean, they were all, they were all into that. And Jesus, has, Jesus had to pull the disciples aside and say, look, let, let me help you. Let me help you understand. That's not really defile, that doesn't defile a man. You see, the Pharisees, they were still in sin because their heart was just so wicked. But yet they tried to, to, they tried to project an image that they were all right with God. And in essence, they weren't. That's why they kept falling. That's why they, things kept happening. And they just kept trying to impose things on people that they themselves weren't doing. Now watch this. He says, now, there is nothing that enters a man, verse 15, from outside, which can defile him. Watch. But the things which come out of him. Everybody say, out. out. Those are the things that defile a man. So, see, see what Jesus is saying? Now watch him, watch him now. If any man has ears to hear, can you hear this morning? Are you hearing? I need you to be listening with your spirit. He said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now watch this. When he entered a house away from the crowd, the disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, are you thus without understanding also? In other words, Jesus said, look, I've been spending time with you talking to you. Don't you get this yet? He said, do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him? 
Watch this. Here's the real problem. Because it does not enter his what? Out of his stomach, see, he says, because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach and is eliminated. He's talking about stuff on the outside, thus purifying or purifying all foods. In verse 20, and he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of man, watch this, proceed, what? Evil thoughts. There it is. Watch this. Adultery. Nobody just wake up and say, I'm committing adultery today. Amen? Nobody just wake up, I'm going to fornicate today. At some point, there was probably uh, some meditation on that. There was something in the heart that said, I'm going to pull this thing off. Something in our heart that said, I think I'm going to try this. How many know it's a heart problem? Amen. All right? He says, watch this. For from within, out of the heart of the man, perceive evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and murders, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye. I think, what's an evil eye look like? You ever think of, I was just a thought. An evil eye. What's an evil eye? Because my mom used to give me what I used to think was an evil eye. You know, so <laughs> it made me scared, whatever that evil eye was. I, you know, yeah, but anyway. Blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these things come from within, and they do what? Defile a man. So Jesus says the real problem is not what they're doing externally. He said what happens is that it's a heart. You see, here's the thing. Uh, let me use an example. Now, I'm going to probably pick on some folks, but, you know, just, just, hear, just, just hear this. See, they're starting... The authorities are starting to draw the connection between those guys who are what we call uh, uh, serial killers or people who go in schools and do these mass shootings. That Have you ever noticed that over and over and over again that when they tie the knot, that they, that they say that they watch these video games that are violent all the time? Now, now, hear me. Hear me. You can do whatever you want. It's your house. Everybody says it's your house. Pastor ain't got nothing to do with what you do. You play whatever video game you want to play. But here's my, here's my, here's my thing that I think you ought to watch out for. Everybody here has to be discerning about that. But over and over again, if your mind is watching, you're playing video games that promote criminal activity, that promote all the time chopping people's head off and seeing them bleed all the time. Come on. And, and, and if, we, if, we, if we're constantly filling our minds with that all the time, how many know, well, most people I know to play video games, they ain't playing for 15 minutes. Most of them, man, I mean, you had to, I mean, we had to get, put our kids on lockdown. Up, out of here. Because they get glued to that thing. Here's the thing. You're feeding your mind with that stuff. And so, no wonder the kids are desensitized. And the, and the movies they like to watch nowadays, the movies that have anything to do with chopping people's head off and killing them. So, it's no wonder that they can walk inside of Sandy Hook and kill 23 kids. And we wonder, how do you get there? What was being injected into his soul? What was being, see, I, I know you don't want to hear this, but it's truth. Everybody say truth. We got to watch what you put into your heart and into your, if you feed your mind with that stuff, it's going to have an effect. Well, it ain't going to affect me. Yes, it will. The devil is going after your mindset. He wants to bring you into bondage, and the more you see it, he desensitizes you to it till it doesn't really matter anymore for you. And so it's not a huge leap for a person to go and do something that normally most normal people say, how did you do that? I'm not saying that the video game caused it, but I'm not saying either that it, I don't think it helped it. Let me just go there. 
Okay? So here's what I'm saying. We need to be careful, watch this, of what you put into your what? Your heart. What you listen to. What you see. All of that has an effect. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Now watch this. Let's keep going. Um, where are we? So let's do this. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So we're going to give you the remedy. Amen? We're going to give you the remedy. How many know we got we to deal with the remedy? I'm just not going to leave you out there. The Holy Spirit is going to help us today. Amen. Now some of y'all can go home. Uh, you can't play the video games. Look, let the kids play the video games. Just make sure you know what they're watching, what they're playing. And make sure you as an adult, I know some of they got games nowadays for the adults too. That promotes activity that you know they are fit forbidden by God. How many know we need to watch it? We need to be careful because we're talking about purity of heart, right? How many want a pure heart? Even one way to get a pure heart, you got to block some things out. Ain't <laughs> but one way to do it. Ain't no way around it. If you want to be, if you want to see God, how many want to see God? Oh gosh, I want to see him. I want to see him. Watch this. Second, are you there in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10? Verses 1 through 6. I'll tell you what, let's start at verse 3 for time's sake. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, watch this, we do not war according to the flesh. All right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, watch this, but mighty in God for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. All right? This is what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to bring us into bondage. That's why he wants us to have a very cavalier attitude about things. Casting down arguments, watch this, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now watch this. Bringing every thought, everybody say every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So how do I get free? Now, this is, this, is, this is deep, but I want you to hear. Are you still listening? Say amen. This, this, this verse will help us. So Paul is telling, he says, first of all, we got to cast down thoughts and imagination. So watch this. If imagination or thoughts are coming to my mind that are not of God, you know what we need to do? Shake your head like this. Nope, can't go there. I'm not going to think that. You want to imagine what being with somebody you're not supposed to be with? Shake it down. Oh, we, we, we're coming at your door this morning, aren't we? You follow me? So when there's a thought in the mind, see, if your imagination is, I'm going to kill her, shake it down. No, the Bible said, thou shalt not murder. <laughs> Don't imagine killing. Some of us imagine hurting somebody. That's just as wrong. So Paul says, we got to cast our thoughts and imagination. Everybody say imagination. Don't imagine, uh, don't let your mind go to the forbidden places. Oh, boy, we're going deep, aren't we? Y'all didn't think y'all were coming to get a psychology, you know, psychology to that, a little bit of that, through the word of the Lord. Watch. So every thought, every imagination, and here's what he says. He said, bring every thought, everybody say every thought. Into captivity. Here's what he's saying. Don't let one evil thought that come into your mind go unchecked. Did he not say bring every thought? Every. What does every mean? I mean, can you exegesis that for me? Exegesis that for me? Can you Greek study that? Can you, what does every mean? Help me with every. He said, bring every thought captive. That means that every thought that come into my mind, if it's not of God, I'm catching that thing, I'm casting it down, I'm destroying that thought because it's not of God. Deal with the thoughts. 
If you're going to get free, don't imagine uh, evil things. Don't let your mind. You know how some people say, well, brother or sister, you know, well, well, as long as I can look, the Lord don't mind me looking long I don't touch. What you looking for? I mean, if you ain't going to touch, what you looking for? I'm just asking the question. Well, so what you looking for then? Every thought. Everybody say every thought. Captive. So I, so I got to get to a point that if any thought come into my mind that's not of God, that, that particularly, and we're talking about this sexual immorality thing, if a thought comes into my mind that is not right in an image, I need to cast it down. Catch it that, capture that thought. Catch it. It's like, a, it's, it's like a, a somebody in a safari desert and they're trying to catch a wild animal. Just catch it. How many know your mind is like a wild animal sometimes? You let that thing go unchecked, boy, it take you in some crazy places. Oh, the Bible said the heart is deceitfully wicked. Deceitfully. De- who can know it? That's what Jeremiah, Jeremiah said. Man, Jeremiah said, the heart, I don't even know what to think anymore. I, my heart. So how many know that you're already dealing with something that's complex? Then let's not help it out. Amen? Amen. Now why? So, so here's how we're going to get free. Here's the remedy. We've got to cast down thoughts and imagination. Watch this. And number two. Be careful what you look at. Look at Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23. Do we have that verse? Do we have, I mean, I'm not giving you that verse. Do we have that verse? There we go. Watch this. The lamp of the body is the what? Come on, somebody. Y'all see a print? Did I lose somebody? See, I'm one of those preachers I like when you talk back. Like, like, talk back to me. I like that. It encourages me. The more you talk back to me, the better I preach. If I preach bad, it's because you didn't talk back. You can't blame me. It ain't my fault. Matthew 6, 22 to 23. He says, the lamp of the body is the what? The eye. Okay, watch this. The eye. The lamp of the body or the window to the heart is the eye. Here's what Jesus is saying. Watch this. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Isn't that wonderful? How do you want a body full of light? But if your eye is bad... Your whole body will be full of darkness. It seems like it's unfair. He said, just a little bit of darkness, man, can make a whole thing messed up. He said, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, watch this, how great is that darkness? So here's the next point, if you want to get free. You got to guard your eye gate. Guard our eye gate. What are we, lo- what are we watching? What are we seeing? What are we looking at? Now, now, listen, I want, I want you to understand something. I'm not a legalistic pastor. Amen. Y'all know what legalism is? I'm not a legalistic pastor. A legalistic pastor is a pastor that's trying to come up with rules and regulations to try to put you in. The, I, y'all know I'm not there. Anybody know me know I'm not there. What I'm speaking from is a place of wisdom. Amen. That's what I'm talking You can accept this or not. But understand it's not a legalism. Listen, there's no sin for you to play video games. Amen. There's no sin for you to watch movies, amen? There's no sin, there's no, listen, but you better be careful what you watch because certain things you watch, they get into your spirit. And so we got to, so, so watch this, so we got to be very careful. So we got to make sure, I don't want to do anything or watch anything that's going to influence my way of thinking as relates to the kingdom of God. I want to make sure that my heart is pure, so you know what, the window to my heart is my eyes, so you know what, some of us just need to like, see usually it's not the first look that get us in trouble, it's that second look. Everybody say second look. <laughs> first look, first look, we'll give you a mulligan on that. 
First look, we get a mulligan. But it's that. That's what usually get us in trouble. I need, maybe I need to preach a sermon. First look. <laughs> or second look, maybe. So it's that second look to get us in trouble. Now, again, again, well, I haven't done it, but it's not about doing it. It's about what we allow our hearts to go. Number three, here's the last one, how we get free. Number three, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. Everybody say with all. For out of it springs the issues of life. He says, keep your heart. Keep your heart with all the, how many know that you got to put up some hedges and some barriers around yourself? Some of those hedges and barriers might be some folk at the church. It might be somebody's phone number that you got. It might be that you turn off the, that you can't do internet. It may be that you just don't watch certain things. It may be for a while you can't even go do movies. I'm not, again, I'm just saying you have to figure that out, amen? That's wherever you are. But here's the thing, we gotta guard our hearts. So when I guard when I guard my heart, listen, when, when, when something is being guarded, it's protected, right? It's surrounded. You need to see your heart surrounded by the angels of God. You need to see your heart covered. It's like a, a, a picture of, of, you know, I got this image of a, of a, of a, of a battlefield, and, and there are soldiers that are, that are standing guard of the command. Amen? Some of you military folks know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with this. You know, you got the command bus, you got all the, you got the big shots to kind of give all the commands, and it's like you got guards who are standing ready. Don't come near here, because if you come near here, you'll get hurt. If the enemy comes, you watch it, stay back. Let me know we need to have some guards like get around our heart. That we got to have some stuff. Stay back. Put some stuff in place. I ain't going to let you get near to me. Why? Because I need to be pure. As I said before, and I'm, I'm close. And as I said before, watch this. How me know that if you play with fire, you get burned? Y- y- y'all know that y'all know the saying, right? The devil doesn't take an inch. He take a whole lot more. You give him an inch, boy, he'll blow that door up. And you'll be sitting back one day trying to figure out what, how, 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 how. I didn't mean for this to happen. It's because, watch this, the seed got into our heart and it germinated. It got into there and it germinated and it reaped a harvest of problems. And whenever we don't do it God's way, I don't care who you are, I don't care how much money you got, I don't care how famous you are, when you don't do things God's way, there is always a consequence. So for us, for Christians, the church need to look at us as the, they need to see us as the moral pillar of the community. That, 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 that morality is demonstrated here because we don't even flirt with it. Everybody say, don't flirt with it. Don't even joke around about it. <laughs> you know why? Because you don't want to give the enemy any space. So sexual purity means giving God our hearts. Some of us right now, you're thinking, man, you know, maybe this is the reason why I keep struggling because I, I just, I never, nobody never told me that. I told you today. 
And maybe you realize, you're sitting here today, you realize, man, I, I've been in bondage be, 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 because I really haven't dealt with what's here. And, and, and we gave you some ways to deal with that today. And you can change your whole environment. But it's changing. It, it's amazing. You don't have to do a whole bunch to begin to make a change. First thing is coming to a place where you acknowledge. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Our first place is we have to acknowledge. If, you, if you're here today, uh, nobody moving, nobody talking, please. The Holy Spirit is, is in this room. If you're here today and God just spoke to you in your heart. Now, this is, this is, this is between you and God. If you're here this morning and you know, first of all, that you are not saved today. Everything that we do in this church, 120. Everything that we do is about seeing people come into eternal life. Everything. Everything. And the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that comes judgment. Judgment is coming to everyone who don't know Jesus. And, 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 and we are going to do everything we can. If we have to scare you into heaven, we'll do it. Because hell is a terrible place. It's a place of eternal punishment if you think that this earth is hell to die without Christ is a hundred times worse it's worse so if you're sitting here this morning and, and, and you can't say for sure see the Holy Spirit loves you God Jesus loves you how many know that he just gave us a word because he loves us he wants what's best for us and if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't know if I were to leave this, these doors today, if I walked out of this building today, I'm not sure that if I died or if I got in a car accident today, I don't know where I would go. I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven. If you don't know today, today can be your day. This is the moment right here where you make a declaration, give your life to Jesus. The Bible says, whoever confess with their mouth and believe in their hearts, they will be saved saved not they might be not they should be he said if you confess and you believe with your mouth you will be saved everything we do is because it's about the kingdom and God has brought you here for such a time as this if you're here this morning I want to extend an invitation everyone Jesus ever called he always called them publicly he always called them publicly because this is the most profound decision that you would ever make in your life. You are a eternal being and you will spend eternity someplace. Why not make sure that that place is with the kingdom of God and his people forever where there will be eternal bliss. No pain, no suffering, no disease, none of that. You're sitting here today and say, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know Jesus as my savior, but, but, but I want to give my life to him today. I've been living my life on my own. I've been making some bad decisions. I haven't followed his way. Or I've been living a life and I've been a hypocrite. I really haven't been who I said I was. I've been doing, saying one thing, but I've been doing something else. I'm not really that. If that's you this morning, you're saying, saying, Lord, I, I want to give my life to you today. I want this to be a defining moment, the turning moment. I want you to slip your hand up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I see that hand, brother. Is there another? Is there another? I know the Holy Spirit is working. The Holy Spirit is moving. 
God is saving. Hallelujah. God is, hallelujah. I see that other hand. Hallelujah. God is moving. The Holy Spirit is touching. Is anybody else? We're talking about being real. We're not talking about, you can't fake salvation. Either you're saved or you're not. You can't fake it. You can't fake it. You cannot fake it. If you know him, if you don't know him for real, if you haven't submitted your life to him for real, then you need to do it today because tomorrow is not promised. It's not promised. Is there another one? Is there another one? You say, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I need to make that decision. I'm going all the way with God. I'm going all the way. This, this is a new day. Is there another one? Hallelujah. I'm going to ask everyone who raised their hand, I want you to come up front, right up front, right in front of this altar. Come on, everybody. Come on up. You Listen, don't even hesitate. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, you know where you are with God. Come on up here today. Come on up here in the name of Jesus. Come on up today. Come on up here in the name of Hallelujah. If you don't know him today, if you have not given your life to him today, come on and give it over to him. Give it over to him. Give it over to him. He loves you more than you would ever know. More than you would ever know. More than you would ever know. God, you're moving by your spirit today. Salvation is here. Deliverance is here today. I speak on the authority of the Holy Spirit. Deliverance is here today for him who will receive. Come on and get delivered today. Get set free and enter into the everlasting kingdom of God today. This is the day. This is the day. Hallelujah. 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 One more time. Is there one, is there one person, one other, who haven't given their life to Jesus? Come on up to the front. Come on up. I don't know what's going on in your hearts, but God knows. And he sent me here today to let you know that his loving kindness and his tender mercies have always been with you. He wants you to know today that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He wants you to know today that he has been chasing after you and he wants to change your life and make it so much more fulfilled. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. The decision that we're going to make today, after the day, this is a turning point. Your life will never be the same. Do you believe that, gentlemen? Do you believe that? Your life will never be the same. Listen to me. That means that that we're going all the way, we ain't going back. See, I want, you to, I want you to capture this moment. Capture this moment. This is God speaking to you through me. Look through me. The Holy Spirit, open your hearts. God is doing a work in your hearts. There was no accident here. God is moving. God is working. There have been saints out there who've been praying for you to come. God is moving. He is sending a signal and you're hearing it today. You're taking the life jacket today. Hallelujah. You're taking the life. I want you to see yourself taking the life jacket.
and I want you to see yourself swimming to freedom. Freedom swimming to joy. Swimming to everlasting peace. Swimming to purpose. Swimming to destiny. I want you to see it today. See it. Because God says it's yours. It's yours. And if you were the only person on the planet, he would have came and loved you the same way that he's doing right now at this moment. He is an awesome God. He is an awesome God. He is an awesome God. And the devil, what he's been trying to do, his plans have just got canceled. 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 Because you stepped up to the plate. You came forward in faith. You're taking God at his word. And God will fight every battle for you. You got both of you. You got battles. Oh, you got some battle, but guess what? You ain't going to do this by yourself, brothers. Hallelujah. God is saying today, you got to hear this. God is fighting your battle. God is going to whip the enemy. God is going to bring restoration. God is going to bring healing. I declare it over your lives. Healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Gentlemen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, lift your hands up. And I want you to repeat after me. Church, everybody need to be praying right now. I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus. Repeat after me, brothers. Nice and loud. Lord Jesus. Let the devil hear. Lord Jesus. I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your healing power. I surrender my life right now you I'm not going back I'm going forward with you change my life God change my heart God make me yours forever clean me Lord refresh me Lord use me Lord for your glory I am your servant I am your servant anoint me for your purpose I'm your son now. I receive your salvation. I'm saved today. I'm set free today. I'm delivered today. And my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Brother, turn around. These are our brothers. Look at this. Identical twin. These are our brothers. And if anybody questions it, what is 120 about? Right here. This is it. standing before you 120 is not a gimmick it's not just a fad it's about life change church I need you to pray for these brothers I need for you to pray for these brothers I need you to stand in the gap with them I need you to love them I need you to pray for the harvest because people all around are hurting do you hear me 
people are walking around with broken hearts. They are lost. They need direction. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Brothers, I want you to know that, that we love you. You hear? We love you. If you ever need anything, myself or these people here, they will do anything for you. Because I'm their pastor and we're going to make sure that they do everything they can for you. And we're going to love you. We're going to pray for you no matter where you are, brothers. This is a new day. This is your day. I want you to remember this day when the Holy Spirit met you. Father, thank you, God. I pray for visions and dreams over my brother. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will baptize him in the Holy Spirit. I pray for the power of, of, of the anointing of God. God, I pray, God, that everything that is broken in his life, that you will restore. I pray, God, that you would give him everything that he's lost. God, that you would bring it back. God, that you would bring him his peace. You would bring him his joy. You would bring him his happiness in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that new doors of opportunities will open up for my brother, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that he will see your glory, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for my brother Lord. I thank you God that you're doing a work in him. Lord I pray that he will prosper as his soul prospers. God I pray doors will open and no man can close and, and doors will shut that no man can open. God I pray that you will go before my brother God and he will feel your mighty power and God that you would give him clarity. God you would give him direction Lord. You would know you would show him where he needs to go. Protect him. Shield him God. Be with him in the name of Jesus as we pray. Amen. Come on, church. Give God praise. Amen. Walter and Diva, if you can come up, I want you to go with these two folks right here. They're ready because they're ministers. They're going to share with you. They're going to pray with you. Church, come on. Give them a hand again. Hallelujah. Woo! Come on. Give God a better praise than that. Hallelujah. We're going to kick the devil's butt. Amen. Hallelujah. Now look. I want to, I want to, I want to, listen, I want to remain standing for a moment. How many know that this is not a season to be playing? Listen to me. If there's some things, the same, we, 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 you all know what we've been talking about. This is still all in the spirit of getting into position to receive the hearts. Hallelujah. And if, and listen, if there's some sin in your life, some problems, some sexual sin, whatever, listen, we need to come up right now. We need to deal with this. Here's what I'm saying. We got to be honest with God. God says, I'll bless you. The church bless, the church growing. The church, that ain't nothing to God. God wants to bring in new people, uh, a, a new harvest, making this.